Okay, Michelle, I'm so curious. I got a text message with a screenshot of something you had written on Twitter about a very dramatic situation. I need to know what happened this week. Oh, God, it was maybe the eighth circle of hell. My son was traveling to go see his dad. And so we had agreed that he would fly as an unaccompanied minor to a transit city. And his dad would pick him up there and then transport him back to his home country. So this was kind of a big step for me. Yeah. Thinking, okay, can Bear do this? You know, he's, it was only a two and a half hour flight. So I thought, okay, he's a seasoned flyer shouldn't be too bad. He was a little nervous at first, but what really calmed him down was knowing that he would be able to play video games the whole time on his phone. So (laughs) Sounds right. (laughs) In the end, he had no problem with it. (laughs) I went to the airport with him and I thought that I would just be dropping him off at security. I didn't think I'd be able to go through. But yes, as you are the parent of an unaccompanied minor, you can go through security, go through customs and wait with them at the gate. Oh, wow. I didn't know that either. Yeah. So. That was really nice. They didn't know where all the paperwork was. It was two trips back and forth to the back office to get everything. So it took us 45 minutes to check him in. And then quick go through through security, get him water and snacks, and then go through customs. So we really needed that three hours. Yeah, okay. Probably about 45 minutes before the flight was supposed to leave. His dad texted me a message saying, the flight's going to be four hours delayed. Have they said anything? (laughs) I can't believe it. They announced it on the arrival end before they even told the people who took off. Yeah, I was really, really uh, I was manipulative. I was really pissed off, but also grateful that I was there with Bear. We waited and waited, and finally, flight was supposed to leave at four thirty in the afternoon. Finally, started boarding at nine p.m. at night. His bedtime's eight thirty, so he was already getting red in his eyes, but he was still really psyched about the whole thing. Still committed to the video game playing. (laughs) Yes, we got him ready to board. And at that point, when they go through with their ticket through the counter onto the ramp, that's where you have to say goodbye. And he was fine. He's like, oh, it just kind of feels like you're dropping me off to school, mom. Okay, love you, bye. That's so cute. Yeah. And I just decided I'm going to sit and watch the plane leave just mm-hmm. in case if there's any mechanical failure, yeah. I can be on there. the for a while and need to unload. Yeah, that makes right. sense. I sit and wait another half hour. The plane's gone. And then I turn around and I realize there's no airline staff around. I was like, okay, well, I got to get out of here. So I start wandering wandering the halls. There's hardly anybody there. I can't find a way out. But this is a major international airport. How is it that there's nobody around? So I went back through to where we'd gone through customs and the police were in the little cabins. And I said, hey, you know, I'm stuck back here. I was the mother of an unaccompanied minor. I need to leave the airport. They had no idea. So one of them said like made a call and she's like, oh, it's down by gate D. You just got to walk down there. Walk down there. It's completely blocked off. There's no exit. They had said, look for a, a stairway. There was nothing. So I go back. Sounds like it, it was a Kafka esque. Exactly. That's what I wanted to avoid saying it because, yeah, it sounds like Kafka. Trap of yeah. absurdity. I go back to the custom police and I said, Hey, you told me the wrong information. I can't get out. And they're like, Well, we can't do anything about it. We don't work for the airline, we work for customs. So, sorry, not our problem. Which I feel is totally a German response. That is totally a German response. You see a human being who needs help and you are in a position of authority to help them, but it isn't under your job description. Uh, I was so pissed and I was... Was there like a glass wall between you guys? No, it's like the cabin door, you know, usually in the front there's a glass wall, but in the back there's a cabin door where the police can go in and sit down. So they had cracked that open so I could talk to them because I was coming from the back. 
Yeah, but there wasn't a door. Like, there was, like, literally no way for you to physically get over? Or were they just telling you, you no, you cannot use this way? Physically, I could have. It was just sliding doors. They, they slide apart. I could have if they had let me, but oh they refused. Oh, my gosh, that is so Kafkaesque. They refused. They, like, the paperwork says that it's not possible, and so we have no free will. Right. I love it. So, I hate it, but I love it because that is Kafka. Right. The it. lady's finally like, well, we can't help you. She had said you have to go downstairs in Berlin airport. The departures are on one floor and the arrivals are below yeah. and the, the two shall not mix. I did need to go downstairs. So I went a completely opposite way, finally found a staircase that went down that I was allowed to use. And I get down there. There's still no way out. So <laughs> one guy said, well, what's easier for you, German or English? I said English. He's like, OK, let's get Mary. So he's like, Mary. And this woman comes over she must have been Norwegian. She said, well, we don't really know, but we'll escort you. And I said, thank you. I have been in this airport now for nine hours. I really need to leave. They escorted me out, but there was no way I as a passenger could have gotten out because the doors were completely locked. They had to use employee passes to get me out. It it was just a bad experience. And uh, wow, that is amazing. How are you feeling now? Oh, you know, my usual bedtime is around 9 p.m. And I was out till midnight. uh, So uh, it's taken a couple days to recover. And I think also I have existed a lot on adrenaline uh, as a single mother working and taking care solo of my son that when he is gone, it's kind of like my body just drains from its hyper state and just goes into kind of like, okay, you can relax mode. (laughs) So I'm really just very, um, I feel really drained. But um, I'm going to have a trip myself to rejuvenate. I miss him a lot, but I know he's having fun with his dad and his friends uh, there. So I'm, I'm really excited for both of us. Okay. Oh, man. All right. Let's do introductions. I'm Lindsay. I'm from the U.S. and I've been living here in Berlin for about 14 years. I have a nine-year-old and a seven-year-old. They speak German to me. I speak English to them. My entire parenting experience has been here in Berlin. I'm Michelle. I am also from the U.S. and I've lived in Berlin for about seven years now. And before parenting here in Germany, he was born in the U.S., but then we lived in Pakistan and Qatar for a while before we moved to Germany. So I've had some international experiences raising him. Yeah, cool. So Michelle really brings the expat parenting experience and I bring the integrated into the German culture American experience. Definitely. And we're coming together with that. You're listening to Kids in Berlin Surviving as Expat Parents. And today we're bringing the question, should my kid go nude in public? Wow. When we first came here, what was that like, Michelle? What What are some first impressions that you can remember? Some shocks, some, some WTF moments? At first, I found it refreshing to see little kids just innocently frolicking in, say, public water parks. But what was a big WTF moment for me was the mixture of adults and children nudity in public. Huh. I can remember going to a lake with my son's dad at the time with our son and we had biked there like fresh in berlin now yeah yeah this is like the first six months yeah. okay we kind of set up a little beach setup at this lake and next to us there was a woman sunbathing and let's just say on her front it looked like you know sacks of wheat filled with cannonballs like it was like she yeah. had these massive breasts <laughs> 
just like out there sunning themselves like proud sea lions. You know, it was just like, wow. A um, different view of the human body. It was monumental. monumental. She was a monument. Then at this beach, there was like a a boat that came around with ice cream. And so my son wanted ice cream, so we waited out to go get him some ice cream. And she's she stands up real slow, swinging around, and comes up right behind us to order ice cream topless. Wow. And it's Wait, just no, only topless though. Only topless. Okay. But it it was just such a different experience to be holding my son on my hip and right behind him are these like massive breasts. Yeah. Um, it's different. It's different. It's, it's a shock. And she had yeah. no shame whatsoever. It was great to see her just kind of like, yep, this is normal. And we were a little bit like, oh, don't look that way. Er. Yeah. Uh, yeah you don't know how to react. It's like, you're like, oh, God, where do I look? What do I like? To- be normal. Be normal. But as soon as you start, you get that thought in your head, like, be normal. You cannot be normal. But also, in, like, the, these were not normal breasts. I mean, they were amazing monuments to the mammary gland. Because the thing, like, they are normal. It's just that they're not the normal ones that are shown in, in magazines. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. It's just not what we're confronted with. It's like we're shown a very, like, small... I have a similar first moment, but it was with a penis. It was ve- <laughs> It was also at a lake. Lakes, when you walk around a lake, it really is like you're walking past, like, private rooms. You know, there's, there's a lot of thick growth and then there's like a little way to the water like a little like alcove a little or alcove. something yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's like you look into this this private view of somebody's life and going past one of these alcoves there was just a man lying on his side and a tube of flesh <laughs> draped <laughs> over his leg <laughs> and that was also for me very like what is what am i seeing i shouldn't be seeing this I didn't see anything. Let's talk about the cultural baggage that we bring to this. I think. Yeah, you want to bring that in? Yeah. yeah bring in your baggage, Michelle. For sure. <laughs> okay, so I think it is quite shocking coming from the United States where public nudity is not does not happen, especially no. amongst women. Yeah, oh, and, oh, and even... men, like the lower half of men. Like men can show their chest, but not their penis or butt in, in public. Yeah, I mean, butt cracks do happen quite frequently. <laughs> Yeah, but, but I think that's is that <laughs> that's more like uh, and for women, you know, no public nudity whatsoever. You My must mom be covered. Sent me an article about in Minnesota in the lakes around Minnesota, there were women that were sunbathing topless there. So the police started sending drones to catch these topless women so that they could send them tickets for this crime of being topless in public. Wow, it sounds like somebody just wants to have fun with their toys. <laughs> It does. I mean, that these idiots, you know, using an excuse to film women topless. But at the same time, I think there are enough people who are just so angry about women feeling good in their bodies and wanting to bring shame into it and wanting to make sure that this culture doesn't happen. It's I mean, I think I think it's a very um, it's a very good story that highlights the baggage that we have, that this is something that's normal in our culture, that the police would send drones so that they could give people tickets for being topless by a lake. But do you think it's they really want women to be ashamed of their bodies? or is it they want women to be the police of men's... Yeah, both. I mean, definitely both. It depends on what the body looks like. If it's a thin body that would fit the beauty standards of the magazines of today, then they want those bodies to be responsible for men's, for men's chastity. 
And if it's a body that doesn't fit into these to these standards, then they want there to be shame about it. Right. Actually, you're right. Like shame and 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 covered up so it doesn't burn our eyes. Yeah, kind exactly. Of because because thing. you have this idea in the U.S. Like I heard growing up my whole life. Why does she think that she can get away with wearing that? Or wow, she's showing way too much skin. Like you don't have these phrases in German. Sie zeigt zu viel Haut would be the literal translation. Like I have never ever heard that concept like what it doesn't it doesn't even make sense as a sentence I know I definitely bring quite a bit of cultural baggage to this because I grew up in a religious household my family was Mormon and so there is a strict code of modesty that's something I was taught often in Sunday school be modest it's your responsibility to be modest which means like how much your body should be covered by clothing and um, And were girls and boys separated for these conversations no, not necessarily. I mean, okay. when when you're up to the age of 12, you have Sunday school together, boys and girls. Then from the age of 12, then the sexes are separated for Sunday school. And yes, then they go into much more detail. Like you should only wear a swimsuit at the pool. You can't have your shoulders uncovered. You can't wear sleeveless things. They have to have sleeves on them. You have to wear shorts down to the knee if you wear shorts. And at church, you always have to wear skirts. And we had youth dances called Super Saturdays where we could come together and dance. In some cases, the church leader, depending on who it was, would make girls kneel on the floor. No. Yes. And if their dress did not touch the floor, then it was too short and you had to go home and change. Wow. Yeah. So there's a very strict dress code that I grew up with. Which is also like a lot of sexual imagery in that too, like girls kneeling before somebody so that they can look down on them and check their clothing if their clothing is appropriate. But it was a woman who did this. Modest. So I did not feel okay. sexual tension. Okay. It was, like, okay. For me that, at that least. Makes it, it, was, it was definitely a, sh- a shaming exercise. Yeah, okay. Also in the Mormon culture, once you get married, you wear something called garments as your underwear. Okay. And so this is, you're told never to take it off. It's like your shield of armor from God and for women it kind of cuts you right on the shoulder it doesn't cut you but like the cut of the garment falls right on the shoulder and then it goes down and there are two pieces so there's the top that goes down to your waist and then the bottoms basically fall just above the knee so it's like short long underwear and so I grew up watching my parents wear this I wore it for a while um so it in essence orders you to wear modest clothing just so it's covered up because you, know. you don't want people to see that you have this on. Un- yeah, you're told, you know, it's it's sacred. People can see through your clothing until you have like some kind of undergarment on. They don't really know what it is, but yeah. it's... But where do you buy these? You buy them from the church. So they have like factories that manufacture them and then you buy them from the church. And they're not that expensive. But they're all just one color. It's not... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's different materials, but yeah. So that was like... Wow. Yeah, that was... You know, something that was normalized for me yeah. is that like, yes, we do not show our skin. We we cover up. We're a modest people. I remember I, I was always into acting. I was always into fashion and just feeling so like I couldn't really 
perhaps express myself and definitely felt ashamed of my sexuality or my desire to show off uh, my body in, in ways that I wanted to. And there's, I feel like there's so much judgment, especially women within the church. Like if a woman seems to wear something that's just a little skimpy on the shoulder, oh, is she wearing her garments? You know, there's oh, there's wow. a lot of women on women judgment as well. If we're talking about cultural baggage that I had coming here to Germany, I had a huge amount. You have of, a huge one. Yeah. I had a huge amount of body shame. And, and also, on top of that, you have the American ethos of anybody that's worth seeing must be completely toned, mm. no wrinkles, no no puckering or anything. Yeah, like a porn then you star have that smooth. Question, like, does she think that looks good? And you it's it's always this this like judgment that goes back into shaming you because you you shouldn't be showing yourself unless you are proud of what you're showing. And you can't be proud of what you're showing unless it is pleasing to everyone who looks at it. It's like this really weird, like, can she even see herself? What, when you talk about cultural baggage, what else comes to mind for you? I think it's funny because with, you know, hearing, hearing about what you're talking about, like, I didn't grow up in a, I mean, I grew up in a reformed Jewish family. Like, it didn't come from a religious idea of modesty but it was still like such a huge topic in my family that I was responsible for if boys looked at me in an uncomfortable way. And I remember being yelled at like as early as I guess I was 10 at my brother's baseball game and I was wearing a dress and I was um, laying on this picnic blanket and a grown man walked by and looked at me like side eye kind of like checking me out. And um, I had this really uncomfortable feeling. And then my mom's reaction, she yelled at me. And I remember feeling baffled by like, what is happening here? What did I do? And yeah, I, I remember getting in trouble for lying in a suggestive way is how she said it. And I mean, I didn't even know like what that was supposed to mean, but I had this feeling of, okay, something uncomfortable is going on. So that is also something that's guided my childhood if a man looks at you in a sexual way, then you have done something wrong. That is a huge thing to carry. Yeah. It because was. how can you troll someone else's reaction all the time? You can't. Yeah, exactly. Because then it's coupled, it's coupled with this other very sick thing that's completely incompatible with the first one, which is when I would wear uh, like bigger clothes or baggier clothes, I would get, my mom would criticize me for making myself ugly that I needed, I needed to look appealing at all times. And I could look appealing by wearing tight-fitting clothing, by sho showing my shoulders, by showing my legs. But as soon as, um, as soon as somebody looked at me in an uncomfortable way, I had done something wrong. Wow. So I was doing something wrong by dressing modestly, but I was also doing something wrong if somebody was attracted to the what she the way she wanted me to present myself what whiplash <laughs> yeah it's funny though like thinking about this that it's such a similar experience in America. Like people have all sorts of different reasons why they're teaching their children these ideas. Like it's coming from so many different directions. Like oh, it's for God. It's 
for men. It's for it's safety. For, it's for the family reputation. Yeah, it's it's for yourself. It, do you remember when you were first here, like, did Berlin seem to have some WTF moments about you? I mean, with all this baggage that we're bringing and our reaction to. I think the Berlin reaction to me having some issues with nudity it's more like I'm the WTF my shock my uncomfortableness I I mean I haven't had a lot of conversations with um as the expat community yeah Yeah, that's true yeah for, for me when when I first moved here I saw a lot of kids on playgrounds who were naked or running around in the summer like I mean when in in the summers kids are just basically naked everywhere yeah up until until they go they start school like basically if they're in kita still if they're in the daycare age which means up to seven years old they're just running around playgrounds naked as soon as it's warm I remember just constantly thinking they're way too old for this oh my gosh this is so weird because we also like part of our baggage is nudity is sexuality like there is there is no taking the two apart like if you're naked it's about sex absolutely absolutely and i think that um my reaction has always been also about safety of children and i think mm-hmm. in america there is a huge amount of fear that your child's going to be targeted yeah, by and sexualized, and, sexualized. Yeah. and i think there's an apocryphal story here. I don't know if it's apocryphal or true that um, there are creeps that go around with cameras and go to children's water parks and take pictures. And so that was like, that kind of lingered in the back of my mind a little bit. Like I've talked with other expat parents and they said, oh, I've heard stories about that. An interesting thing to hear now because I've never heard that so that makes me wonder, is it true? Is it not? I mean, I'm sure there's probably some cases of it, but I don't know. And yeah, it never, it it, in the end, it never stopped me from letting my son go naked at the playground. We lived, we used to live in an apartment with a little courtyard in front and I would let him and his friend paint themselves naked. And it was just kind of a utility thing. Like yeah. it was easier to clean them up, get yeah. the sand out of all the crevices, you know, when you can just spray them down instead of like having to get in a diaper and whatever underwear. Yeah. Maybe my WTF reaction to this as well is my profound comfortability with this. And actually I have found public nudity here to be incredibly healing uh, yeah, for myself. Okay. Yeah. And uh, again, I had no problem with it with my with my son. I think I still have a hard time with the mixing of adult and child nudity. Yeah, that's where you're still at. So in terms of the bad vibes about public nudity yeah. in, in Germany, do you have any bad vibes? One thing we haven't brought into public nudity, um, breastfeeding is something that in the United States is considered so like like a little bit a form of public nudity, but here it's very much accepted. And it's something that I felt really uncomfortable with at first. When Nat was a baby, I really made sure to be covered all the time. I did that thing where I like put a scarf over our heads. We we had our own little cave or tent that I created for us so that I could nurse him. And when um, Edgar was a baby, I just, you know, was walking around topless. And I mean, no, that's an exaggeration, but it was, it didn't matter to me anymore. I had a weird feeling about it really just the, the entire time. Like it was always this conflict. And I think, I mean, the bad vibe for me was really just the, the constant feeling of the baggage that I brought with me and the freedom that there was here and trying to bring them 
together to be okay with it. And it was just this constant, like, okay, don't, like, yeah, it's it's fine that there's a topless woman in front of you. Like, don't look, don't look. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Lindsay, I think this, you're, you're putting the head on the nail for me in terms of what the bad vibe is. It's an internal conflict, especially for me when I see children and adults nude together. Mm-hmm. I'm still just not comfortable with that. Because of all of this, like, it's it was drilled into us that when you're talking about children being nude together to me that just seems innocent and fun being free and experiencing all these textures on our bodies and there's nothing sexually charged about it but then when i do see adults nude for me there's always something sexually charged about it Mm. um and I guess. And do you think that is that like a, a logical response to it to you for you too? Like, do you academically think that that has to be connected, or is this a feeling that you can't shake? I don't know. Am I? You? Is it me just looking at these bodies and I'm like, hmm? Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know. <laughs> no, but I mean, when you when you ask yourself the question, can a naked adult be something non-sexual? In my experience, in being naked in public in Germany, I myself can feel my own feelings and I don't necessarily see them as sexual. I just see that I am experiencing pleasure and having my whole body be touched by air or be touched by warmth. Hmm. It is a pleasurable, sensual feeling that's not necessarily sexual. But when I see other adults with their sexual organs out, it does for some reason put some uncomfortability because the times when I have seen that, are often um, yeah, that's true. like we in private are yeah. sexual. And so then we're crossing the world. And so the, the synapses are crossed. Yeah. And, you know, for example, um, I can just think of a couple things. I went to this big indoor water park here called Tropical Islands. Tropical Islands. Yes. And it's like this old, huge blimp hangar that they've converted into a huge indoor water park for a most of it. A huge indoor tropical island. There you go. <laughs> it's humid. There's lots of... There are parrots, aren't there? Bodies. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a zoo in there. It's crazy. Yeah. Part of this park has saunas, which is a big part of the nude culture here in Germany. And so I was really ill at the time that I went there. Um, I had like a condition, a nerve condition with my hands. Mm. And so my friend said, why don't I take care of the boys and you go to the sauna part? So I did. And um, I went in and they said, all clothing must be removed. And this is a child and adult mixed area. And I'd never been to a sauna before that had children in it. So I'm getting ready to get into a pool and there's like these 12 year old boys with their dad and I'm just stripping naked in front of them. And to me, it just felt uncomfortable because I just feel like this being new together is an adult thing Mm. and being new together for children is a children thing only for children Mm. together. So for me, crossing the two worlds felt very uncomfortable and I did not enjoy myself that day. So pop quiz. Yeah, pop quiz. All right, German pop quiz, Michelle. Naked eye. Naked egg? I don't know where it comes from, but it's like the little little kids when they're talking about when they're talking about somebody without any clothes on, they say nakidai. Really? That is so cute. I didn't I know that. Think, I think that the I at the end is just like a little cute ending. It doesn't actually have to do with ayer, the egg. Okay. <laughs> but they, they say um, ich bin nakidai. I'm naked. Eva nakidai. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's like little kids speak for, you know, being that, naked. That's adorable. Naked. And then F. Kaka Strand. 
Okay, so this means Freikorper Kultur Beach. And Freikorper Kultur means free body culture. So it basically means a nude beach. I mean, FKK is FKK, which Michelle said for Freikorper Kultur. I looked up because I was interested, like, when did this start? And it was actually in the um, mid-1920s that it actually became a movement with a name. And it was in response to this, like, prudist mentality that had taken over during the industrialization. And people started criticizing that the human body was becoming this, like, a stranger to us. And that it was a totally, like, it was a sickness that we we're seeing a naked body only in a sexual sense and that we had lost touch of what it really was to be human and to have a human form and they wanted to combat combat that and so they um they came into the Freikörperkultur, FKK, it was especially big in east germany and it has a lot of its remnants still in in east germany is where you find the most FKK beaches and lakes Right. And if you go to the DDR Museum, that's the Democratic uh, Republic of Deutschland. That's the name for former East Germany, DDR. Um, they have a whole exhibit about Freikorper Kultur, FKK. And they have like pictures of families running together naked. And oh. they said, you know, this is really seen as a, a, a wholesome family mm-hmm. way to bond. And even in companies, you would go with your colleagues, say, to the beach or the sauna and strip down naked. And it was kind of seen as normal. And there are still people that will do that. There are still people who will see who see sauna or being naked somewhere together as a completely collegial thing to do. Not weird at all. <laughs> right. But also, you know, it isn't necessarily that nude bathing is only reserved for these beaches. You go around Berlin and nearly anywhere, it's just somebody's choice. They want to strip down and go naked swimming. No one's going to stop them. It's it's actually seen as very normal here. Yeah. Yeah, nobody's going to complain. <laughs> oh, and there's there's the funniest. Yeah. Okay, so there was a guy who was at a park and there were tons of people out and um, he had stripped down naked. He was doing the FKK thing and a pig came out of the forest what? and grabbed the straps of his of his computer bag. And so he started running after it and somebody snapped a picture <laughs> It got posted like all over the internet and it was like all these families laughing because there's this naked guy running after a pig. I I think it was a pig. I'm pretty sure it was a pig. But he had no shame about it. He's like, oh yeah, I'm glad I gave everybody a funny moment. It was a little frustrating for me, but eventually I got my computer back. But it just shows like how, you know, wholesome and funny it's But I I love it too because, you know, we're talking about Kafka's Germany in the beginning and now the FKK Germany here. It's like, it's it's two very different images of of the culture that we live in, but two that are very prevalent. I thought it was also interesting with the FKK, the, they um, took a lot of quotes from Goethe mm. to try to say, like, look, he's on our side. Like, der wahre Mensch ist der nackte Mensch. The true man is the naked man. Which he probably meant metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> but, um, and then also, die Natur kennt keine Kleidung. Okay, so nature doesn't really know or isn't familiar with clothes. Yeah, which also probably is a metaphor. 
but that's what I, I thought it was funny too, like to find some philosophical, metaphorical quote and then just take it totally literally for your movement. I mean, Bible-believing people do it too, so why not <laughs> Goethe-believing people? <laughs> Or, yes. or nude-believing people. And last word, textile-frei. Textile-frei, I think, would mean, like, clothing-free. Uh, fabric-free. Fabric-free, yeah, okay. Yeah, fabric-free. So it's what you were talking about with uh, the sauna at tropical islands. That was a textile-frei bereich, or a fabric-free area. Yeah, and me. it's it's not like it's clothing-optional. It's, like, clothing not allowed. Yeah, you clothing have allowed, to be yeah. naked. And, I mean, you can't even bring in a towel, can you? No, you can I, I think that's sit on. like you don't wrap it around yourself right you can't have one like wrapped around you, you not you inside the sauna but you can lie on it all right that was the German pop quiz for today okay <laughs> with a little bit of history involved too let's talk about good vibes now when it comes to being having public nudity yeah let's normalize good vibes with normalized public nudity in Berlin I Grew up with a lot of body shame, both religious and from the greater culture in terms of what a woman's body should look like. It Even was, when it's not seen, it should still theoretically look like that. Right, because <laughs> you can feel the roaming eyes and the judgment. I mean, that's really a crazy discrepancy right there. Like, it needs to look like this, but nobody can see it. Absolutely. If a woman's body can't be seen, does it really matter what it looks like? Um, and it wasn't until I had... A baby that I really began to love and own my body for everything that it was both the parts that I thought were beautiful and parts that I didn't think were so beautiful and that was a real freeing experience for me and then coming here to Germany as well I felt like I just saw a lot more um, different kinds of body types and people just taking bodies as they are and not necessarily thinking it must be porn star perfect um, to be able to show in public. And part of this journey for me was going to the sauna. And I have this sauna here in my neighborhood that I love to go to. It's right around the corner. And on cold winter nights, when you've just been surrounded by gray for months, it is just a transporting experience to go to this sauna. It's a, a mixed sex sauna. And so you go in to the locker room, you take your clothes off. Uh, they don't even separate uh, with the locker rooms. No, okay, it's completely I was mixed. only there when they still had the, they had a women's day, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. they got rid of that now, didn't they? I don't know, but it's, I've only been I there when it's, it's mixed sex. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. And um, so then, you know, you can wear a robe. Um, and you can have a towel wrapped around you till you go to the sauna area. But then, you know, the showers are mixed. You, mix, you, you take a shower next to naked people of the opposite sex. I wear glasses. And so um, <laughs> I take them off. And I think my thing is like, well, it's pretty fuzzy without my glasses. So I don't necessarily see anything in focus. Um, but even so, it's, it's not a big deal anymore for me to see a naked man next to me another naked woman and I don't see it as sexualized because I feel like we are here for our health yeah and then I I go and I get in the sauna I get super warm and then they have a little courtyard that's outside and I just love the feeling of sitting down and having the steam come off of my skin and I, I feel like I can go really deep into my thoughts and and there's connection between mind and body that just feels so good and it really is transporting for me and gets me out of this cold place. Mm. So um, in fact, I really appreciate I can go to a safe place that is mixed sex and not feel 
something totally sexually charged. Now that is the sauna in my neighborhood. There are other saunas where it's definitely more of a scene. Okay, like the bigger ones. Yeah, like yeah. Vibali yeah. or something. How has it changed for you from the first time you went to the sauna to now? Like, has there been a development? So the first time I went to sauna was Vibali and that was oh, okay. with um, my ex-husband. Okay. I was really nervous, but the minute I took my clothes off in front of other men and got like, you know, just nothing. Yeah. It, it just, then it I was like, no okay. Reaction. Yeah. No, rea- it's just normal. I'm, I'm not going to be doing this in front of a bunch of frat boys who are going to be snickering or something like that. <laughs> it really just felt normal. And all of my inhibitions then fell away. It was literally that moment. Really? Wow. Yeah. And I was like, quickly. wow, this is fine. Yeah. I had a lot of inhibition too coming here about being naked, but a friend of mine grew up in East Berlin and had a lot of the like FKK culture in her integrated. And so whenever we would go for like a quick dip in the lake she would just like pull her clothes off and I was like yep doing it too then (laughs) and and it wasn't an FKK lake it was you know families lots of people with their clothes on and that was also um like it still makes me super nervous thinking about it when I'm not there but like in the moment it just feels totally natural totally free other people around they have clothes on it doesn't matter like you said you don't really get any reactions it's just yeah you're definitely not going to get the drones flying overhead and police sirens swooping in to give you a ticket for it i i want to look this up like can you be a i could like be a sex offender for this in the u.s right like if i took off all because i'm talking about all clothes like i'm not talking about just topless i'm talking about everything comes off I have no idea. I have no idea if you'd be arrested as a sex offender, but I think there must be ordinances for public nudity. Yeah. That's part of the freeing thing for me, I think, that I'm like, in my country, this would be illegal. And it's just so fun and funny to be there with like the splashing water and the sun and other people just, you know, running around and having also a good time and nobody acting like anything is weird because nothing is weird. Like the only weird thing is in my head from my package. Right. And to see that is so freeing. Well, and they have actually, there was a law that you can't go topless as a woman at a public swimming pool here in Berlin. And they just changed that because somebody sued. And I remember taking my son to a public swimming pool last year and there was a woman who had taken her top off. Uh And, you know, it was interesting public pool. It's in a largely immigrant expat neighborhood where you get people from all over the world. So, you know, there were women there in hijabs who were in their full swim costume. And then you got this woman who decides to just go topless. Mm. And so I think it was definitely sensitive. Like there was a charge when that happened. In the ah, okay, pool. you could feel it. There. You could feel yeah. it. And, but and I think that is also there's a difference between like indoor spaces and outdoor spaces. Yeah, here. but it was an outdoor swimming pool. Ah, okay. But it's a public swimming pool. Ah, so then the public. swim staff okay. came over and they said like you got to put your top on. Um, and so then she went and she got like the teeniest tiniest black string bikini. You know. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, to make her point. What is cool about Berlin is that you can live here and decide this is what I feel comfortable showing my body mm-hmm. in terms of if you want to cover up. Yes, totally. But you can also not cover yeah. up and it doesn't have to be sexual. And I like the fact that both are allowed and respected. Um, yeah. Like we're not in France where they're like, oh, you know, you can't wear the hijab. Like I, I respect that 
religious values are respected, but then there also is an expectation that you have to be tolerant of other people who aren't. Mm -hmm. That's something that I was able to like work through from my baggage here too in Germany, just seeing that nudity and sexuality really have they, they don't have anything to do with each other. I can have conversations with completely naked people being naked myself or dressed myself. Like, it doesn't matter. It, it's such a vast difference to my mentality when I first came here, where I would have been the entire time thinking of, like, what should I say to make it seem like I'm totally okay in this situation, where I'm really, like, I'm really okay now. But, but in my mind, I still am thinking, like, ha, ah, this is so funny that, you know, I've come such a long way. So I mean, that is the residual then still, that yeah. I'm still thinking, like, ha, I'm so different now. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've come a long way as well. I do still feel like there is something sexual about the human body uh, mm -hmm. naked. And um, I, I, I think it depends on the situation. But I, I am glad that in Germany there is a place where I feel safe to be naked when I don't feel sexual and just want to feel sensual or healthy. Um, but I, I definitely... I don't know. I, I definitely sometimes do see, especially, I mean, when you are walking through a scene, so, so to speak, you, you talk about going to lake, there are scenes where people are looking for sex and they will That's, stand yeah, around cruising. naked. That's yeah. true. There's cruising. Yeah. Um, I think both for women and for men. L much less for women. Yeah. I mean, and, and to see like walk along a bridge that's the only bridge over a pathway with a man who is like on the verge of arousal you can tell uh, um with your child he's kept it in check just yeah. <laughs> that that to me is a little uh still discomforting yeah, yeah, that's like exhibitionism then and and that's when i'm like okay i have no problem with it if you you know do it where necessarily me and my child can't see i just i'm not ready to yeah. confront that together that's me and my my puritan upbringing and 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 i think that does bring an interesting question which is maybe why it's hard for the us to address it because where do you where do you put this boundary i mean it does bring up that that question as soon as it's obviously sexual then it is uncomfortable in public and i think people have different ideas of when is obviously sexual and in the us the obviously sexual is as soon as you see breasts right like uh, br uh, breasts are definitely sexual there right and here it's you know you can have a completely naked right. body of either gender or of any gender in front of you it's a naked breast it's a nipple that's when yeah. it becomes sexual because if you i mean no matter how much boob you're showing as long as it has like a bikini know, on it it's still okay yeah, it's still okay because the nipple it's is the the like the symbol for sex in the yeah US. the female nipple <laughs> the female nipple. symbol of sex right yeah i know as soon as you really start talking about like where's the line it does become really difficult i'm glad that germany had this conversation in the early 1900s and that it's solidified where it is because i feel like it's a very comfortable very natural feeling and it was for me and it sounds like for you very easy to become yeah. To become integrated into this. Do we want to answer the question? Yeah. Because we haven't actually really talked about our kids at all. But I, I mean, it's talking about like the, the framework of what they're growing up in now. Like, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that actually, this is a good reflection answer to bring everything together. Um, should my kids go nude in public? What do you say to that now? Where are you now? I think it's totally fine. As long as your child wants to be nude, I think it's completely fine. And Age limits? I I honestly think as long as they're comfortable being nude, 
then it's okay and let them decide because there is a safe space for that here. And um, I am, I am happy knowing that my son will grow up in a place where he is going to be exposed to all kinds of different bodies and not just be told that this is the one way a woman's body should look um, so that she's worth having sex with and everything else needs to be covered up or shamed. I, I think it's a good way to say like, hey, there's a lot of different kinds of beauty and look for someone, you know, eventually when you wanna match with someone, someone who, who, who you are attracted to, but also fills your your soul and your mind. Yeah, and that uh, attraction is on different levels. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like not to focus a kid's attention from the very beginning on a physical level of attraction. We're attracted to so many things about people. It's and and to try to and to try to distill it into like you no know, find somebody who you're attracted to who fits into this small category. That's really harmful. And also, as he grows up and develops his own body, that he knows there's a lots of different ways to look, and he doesn't have to judge himself on what the idealized male body should be either. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I think adding to what you said about when our sons are are looking at women, they're also seeing that, that women exist for themselves because you don't throw this question out there in front of your kids of who does she think she's looking good for you know that it's it doesn't come up and kids realize that women are existing for themselves and taking their clothes off because it's the comfortable thing for them to do right now. And not, this is a sexual signal. Yeah, and not, you know, I think I'm doing this to try to attract somebody. Like, it's not like a peacock putting its feathers up. I mean, that can happen, but also knowing that that doesn't necessarily mean that. And so I need to find out more information before I know that this is an invitation. That's such a good point. And so kids grow up with this nuanced understanding, a more nuanced understanding of nudity and that a woman's body is not for them and what she's wearing, what she's not wearing has nothing to do with him. Or an invitation to sex. Like it needs to be more of a conversation. I think this is especially important when we talk about consent um, to, to bring this into the equation. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, very good. Okay, that was really fun um i also think we could have talked for like also another 30 minutes but i think we're in a good place and uh, before the cold weather totally leaves berlin i i gotta schedule my next sauna get that in that's funny we're still not at a point where we've gone together like er, somehow that's still a little weird right you're right yeah i don't know okay we're definitely still we definitely still have some baggage we'll work through it we'll work through it (laughs) thanks a lot for for talking glad you're safe after the airport and um, see you next yeah, time. See you next time. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. Tschüss.